Welcome to Pet Will Radio, a unique show about amazing animals and inspirational people. With your host, author, animal advocate, and attorney, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Pet Will Radio. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and & Bryan and MyPetWill.com. It's my pleasure to be with you today, and I'm very excited to introduce you to today's guest. Today on the show, we have Elisa Johnson. She's president, CEO, and co-founder of Dogs on Deployment. Welcome, Elisa. Hi, thank you so much. Um, you're very welcome, and I can hear your little baby in the background. How's she doing? Oh, I got a sick kiddo at home. you got to hate that flu season. That is for sure. Now, tell us where you are in the United States, where we're talking to you from. I'm currently calling in from uh, San Diego, California, which is where our organization is based out of, although we are a national nonprofit. So San Diego, the weather is usually pretty good there, so at least you're not having any freezing rain or snow. Nope, nope, it's 70 degrees and sunny today. Okay, well, we uh, we have similar weather here today in Florida, but um, I'm sure the rest of the country might be a little bit jealous of our great weather. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what is Dogs in, on Deployment and why is this organization special to you? Well, uh, Dogs on Deployment is a national nonprofit, and we provide foster assistance for military members to help find temporary care for their pets while they're on deployment. In addition, we provide financial assistance to military members for help with emergency pet care or pet travel costs if a military member has to move overseas, as well as just spay and neuter. Uh, the organization is important to me. Um, as you mentioned earlier, I'm the president and the co-founder. Uh, I am an active duty Marine, as well as my husband, who recently just got an active duty service from the Navy. And we're also the proud pet parents of two dogs, two cats, and two parrots, and now a human child. Um, and it was, uh, it was a situation that we were both personally in that uh, inspired us to find do uh, found dogs on employment to help service members. So you and your husband actually found yourselves in a situation where you were both being deployed, so there was no one to take care of the the animals, and um, and that gave you the idea for the program. Yeah, absolutely. It was um, it wasn't something I, we always knew was uh, possible, but we always just kind of assumed that we would have uh, family members to, you know, to rely on to help us out. And um, turns out that my uh, very adorable dog JD is also very high energy, very needy, and requires a pretty advanced dog owner. Um, and uh, when I had first commissioned into the Marine Corps, I had to go to six months of training where I was going to be living in the barracks and I couldn't have an animal. And my husband deployed um, to, the, uh, to the, the Middle East and uh, we needed someone to watch our dog. And uh, we, were, we were considering professional boarding, um, but as I'm sure you can imagine, professional boarding for six months would have cost a small fortune on something we would have considered. Um, however, not, not every service member 
has that even option to consider professional boarding. Um, we found there wasn't really anything out there to help us, and we were really lucky. A distant relative uh, ended up hearing of our situation, and being a military family themselves, they understood, and they were in Virginia, which is where I was going to be, and they volunteered to watch JD. So crisis adverted, but we knew that, hey, if we're two military you know, married um, officers, like there, there's got to be other people that have the same situation. And that's what kind of prompted us to start creating this organization. So how long have you been in existence now? It was June 2011, which is actually when I, I got the idea. Um, we were driving cross country. I had everything I owned in the back of my uh, baby blue convertible and my dog and my husband. And we're driving across the country and talking about, like, man, this is, we're really lucky to have found this family um, that was willing to help us. And what can we do to help other military members in the same situation? It was on that trip that we, um, we, built the framework and kind of the idea and the dream of what dogs and employment was going to be. So I'm sure people ask you this a lot. How do you have the time, Elisa, to be both uh, a military officer, a mom, a wife, a pet parent, and the president, CEO, and co-founder of Dogs on Deployment? <laughs> I suppose uh, you got to have a really good uh, calendar app on your phone. Um, <laughs> it's definitely a, a challenge and, and sometimes, you know, you have to focus in on your family, you know, when your kiddo's sick or when deadlines are due on dogs and employment, you know, you got to focus in on that or if there's something, you know, always there's something I have to do for the Marine Corps, you got to focus in on that. It's just a constant balancing act. Um, the good thing is, is that I'm extremely passionate about, about my family, about my military service, and about dogs on deployment. So it's not a chore to focus in on any one of those things because it's, it's a true honor. So when you and I met last year, you um, reminded me today that you were eight months pregnant at the time. So you now have your first child. Mm -hmm. um, now do you have to create an organization called Kids on Deployment? <laughs> wouldn't that be funny well the 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 kind of the difference i mean there's obviously a huge difference there between a, a human child and a, a a canine or a feline or parrot companion but you know the the kind of the the military doesn't see animals as um is a, a part of a family they really see them as a, a choice and which they are and and as a personal responsibility which they are um, but with that said, they, there is no services in place or planning measures in place um, to military members that have animals. Um, so I think that's really where our organization comes in and that, you know, we, we're not only just trying to provide, you know, oh, you have a service member that's deploying, now they need a foster home for their pet. One of the biggest things that we try to do is advocate the education portion that if you're a service member with a pet, make sure that you have a plan in place prior to deploying, prior to entering the service, prior to making a military move someplace. And, you know, it, the, in the ideal world, we wouldn't exist because every service member would have a responsible plan in place that never fell through. But the reality is even the best planners, you know, sometimes have situations that are outside of their control, and that's where dogs and employment is supposed to step in and help. Well, and I, I think that's a, a lofty goal and one that I admire 
um, because so many people, their pets are their children, and maybe in some cases their only family. And so the thought of leaving them behind and even leaving them with a stranger, I'm sure, is uh, not a, a situation that they want to find themselves in. But certainly dogs on deployment is going to um, to fill that need when, when there isn't a responsible um, friend or family member or there, there is a plan that falls through at the last minute. Um, I, I want to encourage people who are listening today to go to your website, dogsondeployment.org, and uh, take a look at Round. And, and if you are interested in helping out Dogs on Deployment, you can do a search, and I, I love your search function, Elisa, that um, allows people to see what pets are currently in the system that are in need of um, temporary placement. Yes, there, there's um, several. They're all over the country and from all different time um, spans. We have service members that need help for, you know, a couple of weeks while they go through training to service members that are going on a six-month deployment to service members that, you know, for whatever reason are moving overseas and, and they can't take their pet with them, whether there's a restriction on pet travel or, you know, in some cases we've had animals that were um, not able to make the move um, overseas in an airplane because of their own health. Um, but for the most part, uh, those longer situations, one of the things that we we try to always do is that if a service member can take a pet overseas and maybe it's just a monetary aspect that they're having troubles with, that we actually provide grants to help alleviate that cost. And um, that's where donations go to is really funding what we call our Pet Chip Financial Assistance Program. Okay, so that's another way that people can help if, if they're not in a position to be a foster home um, to provide money or resources that can be then used to uh, help the service members um, take their pets with them or afford uh, medical care for their pets that they might not otherwise be able to afford. Yes, absolutely. But I will say the biggest way to support our organization is just being active on our social media because we don't we don't pay for advertising. So every like and share counts. Okay, well, that is good to know. So go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to all the places on social media where you can find uh, Dogs on Deployment. Um, I was playing around on your site right before we got on the show together, and um, I, I did a search within a, a short distance of where I live, and there wasn't anything available. So then I did a little bit bigger search and then a little bit bigger search. And ultimately, I just said, oh, heck, I just want to see all the pets that are available. <laughs> And um, so there's two cute little guys, uh, two ferrets that are looking for um, part-time placement. And um, so even though you're called dogs on deployment, it's not just dogs, is it? It is not. In fact, um, we've helped animals of all types. Um, dogs are, are most are, are popular just in general. You know, most people have a dog, and, and dogs are really the most difficult ones to find placement for for a long-term boarding. Um, however, we have a ton of cats that have been on our website, as well as ferrets. Um, we've had rabbits. We've had guinea pigs. We've had snakes. We've had turtles. And even one time, we had some chickens. So everything has been on there. In fact, even my own parrot, uh, Kiki, had to be boarded through a DOD border down here in San Diego a few years back when uh, both um, I was 
was living on the other side of the country and my husband had to go out to the boat for a couple of weeks. So all animals are welcome on our website. Okay. Um, I think I might have asked you last year whether you ever had a horse that ended up on your website. You know, I think we have had them listed before, um, but we have not had a successful placement. But um, it has been a question that has been brought up. And, you know, I got horses that are down the street from me, even here in San Diego. So I'm sure there's got to be a need. I have to believe there would be as well. Um, so in terms of you, you had the idea in June of 2011, how many pets have you been able to place in foster care since the organization was founded? Since the organization was founded, we've placed uh, nearly 1,100 military pets. And this is uh, all different kinds and all different locations and for all different um, time periods. So let's say that I'm a person who's interested in being a foster um, do you, what are the requirements to even sign up to be a foster home? So the, we don't really place restrictions on the foster parents. Uh, the reason being is that it's not a network that where we physically get involved with the, per, the placement of the animal. As opposed to that, um, we actually place the responsibility of selecting the proper DOD border on the pet owner because it is their pet, and we want to make sure that they find the right person for their pet. Uh, so with that said, the biggest thing that you need to make sure if you're interested in fostering is, one, making sure that your entire family and all the people that live with you are on board with fostering a pet. Um, if you live in a house where you're renting or an apartment complex, you want to make sure that your landlord's aware of it. The last thing we want to hear is, you know, a foster home, to which we call DOD Borders, takes in a military pet out of the goodness of their heart, and then the landlord has a problem with them having an extra animal on their property. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, that has happened. So always make sure to discuss these things with your landlord. Um, and then as well as just making sure that if you have other animals in your house that they're, you know, up to date on vaccinations and that they're friendly with any animals that you might potentially be bringing into your home. I think that's all really good advice. And um, I'm just... I, I'm just in awe of the whole idea of providing this foster care and giving the military members this ability to uh, have a resource um, that they can tap into to find placement for their pets. I know a gal that belongs to one of my business organizations. She was um, fostering a Great Dane for a military member, and, and that was how I first heard about your organization even before I actually had the opportunity to meet you. Yeah, it really is amazing. In fact, the other night I was at the my Marine Corps ball and I was in the bathroom talking about dogs and deployment to one of my friends and a girl in line at the bathroom was like, wait, are you Alicia Johnson? Like, do you run dogs and deployment? Like, my husband used you, like, you know, many years ago. And it just it was an amazing kind of connection uh, there to have this random family that we were able to help and, you know, you, you finally get to put a face to them. Yeah, it really makes me feel like it's a small world. So um, yeah. I want to remind my listeners that you are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Pet Will Radio. We're talking today to Elisa Johnson. She's the president, CEO, and the co-founder of Dogs on Deployment. 
And Dogs on Deployment is a national not-for-profit organization that helps um, military members place their pets on a, per not on a permanent, but on a temporary basis while they're being deployed. Um, Elisa has asked us to uh, visit her on social media. And tell us where they can find you, Elisa. If you go to dogsondeployment.org, uh, we got all of our listings there as well as links to all our social media pages. Okay, so folks can go there and check it out. So, Elisa, you are on my board of advisors for mypetwill.com, and, um, and, and I thought we had a good connection because of the fact that, and, and you even said so today, that even the best laid plans um, can fall through, and we often assume that we have friends or family that would be happy to take on the responsibility of our pets, but that isn't always true, as you discovered at Dogs on Deployment. Yes. Um, and so having a plan, having a trust for the benefit of a pet in the event of a, a permanent disability or a national disaster or um, even the death of the pet owner um, is just, it's so important to me the way that Dogs on Deployment is so important to you. Yes, and, and that, that brings up a, a great point. Um, we recommend all the time to service members that if they're going overseas and leaving their pet um, in the care that they use a, a service like my pet will to ensure that they have a plan in place. God forbid something were to happen to them in their service um, because it is important. You, you never know um, what the day could hold and you want to make sure that your pet is always protected, especially in your absence. Absolutely. Well, and especially um, for somebody like yourself who has two parrots. They can live a long time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're only about nine years old, and they've still got about 30 years to go. So. Oh, wow. Well, it's a good thing you're young, and um, maybe your daughter can take over that responsibility someday, too. <laughs> um, so any areas in the United States that you particularly need help right now, Elisa? So it's, it's really... Um, a national organization. What we did originally target is um, our kind of major uh, military bases throughout the country. San Diego is one of our, our biggest regions where we always need help. Um, but it's just because, say, you're not, maybe you're in California, but not necessarily in San Diego. That doesn't mean that a service member down here might not find your profile and say, oh, you know what, even if you're a couple hundred miles away, the Family sounds like a perfect, um, you know, match for my pet. Um, we have a huge following in the Hampton Roads, Norfolk Beach area. We have a huge um, following in Texas when there's many military bases. We have a lot in Arizona, a lot in Florida, and a lot in the Midwest. Um, up in Seattle, I mean, you, you name it. If there's a military base, uh, we have a presence. And if we don't have a big presence, we're working on having an even bigger presence. So, And never let the fact that you're not by right by a military base uh, stop you from wanting to sign up or take a look at our website. Because like I said, you never know when a service member is willing to travel to meet you. Well, that's true. And I was even noticing when I was looking at your site, um, and I keep coming back to these ferrets, but I believe they're in the um, Norfolk Beach area, and I'm traveling to Virginia over the Thanksgiving holidays, and I thought, hmm, I might have to reach out mm -hmm. to that person and see if they want me to 
take care of their ferrets while they're gone. <laughs> you never know. They can be a ham work. <laughs> so a lot of people are not familiar with an animal like that. So having experience is worth, you know, more than proximity. Um, yeah, and that, plus I think it would be fun because it would be the kind of thing where my husband would probably never let me have one permanently, but I <laughs> work on talking him into doing it part-time. There you go. Since I currently have six dogs, three horses, and two cats, um, he's probably not real excited about the idea of me getting any more animals anytime soon. So I think yep. it's great that um, <laughs> that we can uh, – we can encourage people from anywhere in the country to visit the site, to um, look at places you might be traveling to where you might be able to pick up an animal or help transport an animal um, to somebody else who might be able to um, take care of that pet for our service members. And Alicia, we thank you and your husband so much for the service um, and sacrifice for our country. Well, thank you. We definitely always appreciate that. It it kind of it brings back the meaning behind, you know, what the the services that we have chosen to do. So, um, what else would you like to say that I haven't specifically asked, Elisa, about um, about your organization that would be important for listeners to know? Yeah, I just kind of want to reiterate that when we're working with these service members, um, we recently just launched a brand new website and the process now for service members to register as well as DOD borders uh, has become a lot more streamlined, but also a lot more robust. Uh, during any time that you're using the website or connecting with a military member, if you have any issues, questions, compliments, uh, please uh, always make sure to contact us um, on our contact page. We appreciate the feedback. Um, we want to make this site, you know, the best that we can possibly make it and make it accessible to our users um, so that way they can have successful placements. Well, and I see you have a place for sponsors on your website. Um, can you tell us about how somebody goes about becoming a sponsor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we try to partner and um, you know, accept sponsorships from all different kinds of uh, companies. You don't need to be in the pet industry for us to to want to work with you by any means. Um, we have different benefit levels and, and different amounts that we look at for our sponsorship opportunities. And the biggest thing is just wanting to, you know, make sure that any donation given to our organization is not only recognized by the, you know, to the donor, to our fans and everything, but that way it's also used um, and it goes to a good cause. Uh, we are a nonprofit that I, I really believe we pride ourselves on our transparency. Um, we opt to have our audit completed every year. We have been a platinum um, nonprofit on GuideStar since 2013. Uh, we are registered with the combined federal campaign, which has its own, you know, very uh, involved uh, process to apply for and become accepted to. So, um, you know, I, I always like to tell the story that when it's uh, time to get the checks, I'm the one that goes to the bank and I'm the one that, you know, opens up the envelopes and pulls out the check and I see it in my hand. And, you know, sometimes you... See, it's for $5 from somebody who writes a little note on the post-it, says, you know, this is my social security, my, you know, money, I'll send more next month. And 
when you when you feel that when you get something from from somebody that it just means so much to them to support this organization you want to make sure that you're you're doing right by those donors um, and making sure it goes to help those service members which I'll go back to the financial assistance program that we offer we have granted over three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars to help military families, um, and I'm I'm pretty proud of that. Oh, I, and as you should be, and I think that's great. I, I'm also noticing your um, military tales blog, so that if people are yes. interested in and just seeing more about what you do and um, and looking at some of the wonderful articles, they can go there as well. Yeah, we have an amazing editor. She connects with a lot of our uh, current uh, placed pet owners as well as uh, recent reunions and try to get a lot of coverage in there and uh, some heartwarming stories and homecomings. Well, that's just incredible, and, and I can't thank you enough, um, both you and Sean, for your service and for everything that you're doing for the animals and as well as your support of um, MyPetWill.com. I really appreciate that as well. Um, I, I really want to encourage our listeners to go to your social media pages, to go to DogsOnDeployment.org. Help, please, in any way that you can, um, whether big or small. Um, I know Elisa and Sean will um, very much appreciate that. And um, uh, Elisa, I hope you're not headed off anytime soon. No, no, no. Okay, that's that's excellent to hear. Did you say that Sean that Sean was going out on deployment again? Nope, actually, Sean uh, got out of the Navy after duty service uh, right after our daughter was born. So he's uh, he's working for the civilian side, but he's still in the Naval Reserves for now. Okay, excellent. Well, my law partner is also in the uh, Naval Reserve and has been for 24 years. So. Uh, we yeah. have a lot of uh, Navy commitment in this law firm as well. <laughs> That's always good. Yeah, so thank you. Thanks again, Elisa. And um, we're going to sign off for today. And to all the folks who are listening, you can find us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. You can find us on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. You've been listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on Pet Will Radio. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our motto is, until there are none, please adopt one. And we'll see you next week. Happy tales. Thank you for joining us on Pet Will Radio. Visit PetWillRadio.com for updates on shows, links to previous shows, inspirational stories, videos, and more. Until next time, take care.